Welcome to Day of Destiny with Dr. Michelle Corral, author, prophetic teacher, and pastor of Breath of the Spirit Prophetic Word Center. Dr. Corral can be seen weekly, nationwide, and around the world on her weekly telecasts that air on God TV, Impact, and Word Network. Now, let's join Dr. Corral by experiencing Day of Destiny, designed with your highest destiny in mind. Now, here is Dr. Corral. God has been giving word after word for 2024, and I can't wait to share with you what God has been sharing through our prophetic diary, through so many words that God has given to his people for 2024. Join me today. It's going to be so exciting, especially if you are standing in the land of opportunity. Don't get discouraged because of the obstacles. God is going to give you the victory. Stay tuned. God is going to change your life today. I'm so glad you joined us today for the prophetic promises of 2024. Today, I'm going to be speaking to you about a profound experience that happened at the 5 a.m. prayer meeting. And I really want to take this opportunity to invite all of our friends to join us on the nationwide call on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. On Wednesdays and Thursdays, we have a team of prophets that come on the line. And before we pray for your requests, God is already prophesying answers. It is a time of coming together in unity, in love. For about uh, a great while on that prayer meeting, there's nothing but praise to God. So he inhabits the praises of his people. And then come the prophets prophesying. After the prophets are prophesying, then we take your prayer requests. But beloved saints, it's so awesome because everyone is praying for everyone. It's so glorious. So many miracles, so many testimonies, court cases that have been overturned, finances that have been released, children that have come back home, salvations that have happened in families, ministries that have been launched, especially for ministers. This 5 a.m. prayer meeting, national prayer call is just incredible. I invite you to join me every single week, three times a week. On, on Friday, it's basically a prophetic summit, and then I end it with the teaching. You don't want to miss it. Join us every week. But during one of those 5 a.m. prayer meetings, the Spirit of God was moving so heavy. And I remember so clearly, I saw a land and the land said, I saw a person standing in the midst of the land as if it was, as if it was, I was above and they were beneath in this huge land and over the land was written opportunity. I want you to know this is your year to enter in to opportunities, divine opportunities that God is giving you. But I want to go further than that. Paul said, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, a great and effectual door is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Today, I want to prophesy into your life, not only about 
the door of opportunity, but overcoming the obstacles once you are in the land of opportunity. How do you overcome them? How do you get to your destiny when you know God is opening the doors, when you've already seen God miraculously answer prayer, when you have had dates with destiny, divine appointments, God is opening every door. Favor is falling in your life. And then all of a sudden, whammy, something happens. And you wonder, is it really God's will? How can it be? God was opening every single door. And now there's nothing but obstacles in my way. I want you to understand God has a word for you today. And it's found from 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. Paul said, a great and effectual door is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. So first of all, I want you to know that if you're standing in the land of opportunity, you and I need to learn how to respond to the adversarial resistance. And we are able to respond to that resistance with supernatural persistence that God wants to give you. And today we're going to see it in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David was about to be introduced to the nation of Israel. His platform was prepared. No one knew he was the king elect. He was anointed in private, and it would be many years before he would actually possess the promise that God had given him when the prophet Samuel came on that glorious day in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, to anoint him. But I want you to know, God takes us into our destiny step by step. And this was a tremendous opportunity opening up to David in 1 Samuel 17. It was going to be the debut to Israel through the slaying of Goliath. You must understand something. You are getting ready to bring your Goliath down. And remember this, when Goliath fell before David, he fell face forward as if it were a prostrate position. I want you to know the devil, those spirits that have tried to stop you and block you by you pursuing faithfully into the promises of God, those giants that have tried to stop you are going to fall face forward because Jesus in you, Jesus who is so powerful, Jesus who reigns over them is going to bring them down if you don't allow discouragement to rob you from this incredible door of opportunity that God is opening unto you. The multiple adversaries, let's look at them just for a moment so you have the prophetic instruction how to possess your prophetic word. First, I want you to see in 1 Samuel chapter 17, this was the debut of David. God was about to launch him and platform his, his glorious moment with all of Israel to bring down Goliath. But guess what? When his father, Jesse, sent him to Emes, uh, to Ephes Damim, I want you to understand something. His brother, Eliav, who really always mocked him, his brother Eliab was the firstborn. His brother Eliab 
accused him of wanting to come down to the battle, to the army, to see what was going on. And, and he was so furious that David was speaking to other people in the army, asking what is going to be done with this uncircumcised Philistine? How can we allow him to defy the, the armies of God? The Bible tells us, in verse 28, and his eldest brother Eliab spoke to him and said, his anger was fired within him. And he said, why did you come down here? And he also said, with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? He just insulted David publicly because David saw that there was such a need for someone to be valiant, someone to be brave, and someone not to put up with the curses of Goliath. And the Bible tells us that as soon as Eliab insulted him publicly and humiliated him, David said, what have I done now? What is the cause? We know from the previous chapter that David was not called to the banquet when, when Samuel came and told Jesse to call all of his sons. We know that there is something between David and his brethren. And we must also see here that when those wicked negative words were spoken to David, it really was written in God's word so that you would know before you step into your moment with destiny, your miraculous moment, when you are in the land of your opportunity, there will be obstacles to try to stop the moment of opportunity that God has put in your land. He's building your platform. He's building uh, the, the, the launching ground that he is going to use to expand you and to bring you into that place where you can be so greatly used of him. And I want you to know what David did. What David did is what we ought to do. The Bible says David turned and he didn't allow the words of Eliab to de dehumanize him. He did not allow the words of, of Eliab, his older brother that insulted him in public, to stop his fervor or to stop his faith. He learned how to deal with rejection long before this, and it was like water off a duck's back. He just turned around and he kept speaking the very words of why isn't someone taking a stand up against this Goliath? And do you know, as soon as he turned, as soon as he turned away from his brother and did not listen to those words, someone very important that needed to hear what David was saying, heard what David was saying and took David's message to Saul. And Saul called David forward and the rest is history. I want you to know, beloved people, it was through pressing through the resistance that kept David going forward in that Holy Ghost persistence to what God has ordained. Today, my prayer for you is that you will not allow any resistance, any obstacles 
to stop you because you are in the land of opportunity. Right now, divine opportunities are breaking out for God's people. You've been so tested in the last year. You've been tried, you've been tested, but God is about to open that door of opportunity but don't become so discouraged that when you get into the place of opportunity and you are resisted and you are mocked or someone doesn't understand you or someone says you're not able to do it, why are you here? That beloved saints, that you just go forward with what God gave you because you're about to slay your Goliath. Hallelujah. Now, we are gonna go live to the service in Anaheim. I want you to receive your personal prophetic word today. My prayer for you, we're going to come back, is that God is going to saturate you with the anointing and that you are going to be so fired. You are receiving strategies and skills to press forward into your promise. Bible says, and Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find favor. I want you to know, this was Ruth, the Moabitess. She knew nothing at all about the land of Israel. She didn't know anything about whose field she's going to glean ears of corn from. She had no idea. She is a stranger. She is a Moabitess. You also need to know that though she is a stranger, she is a foreigner. The Moabites in the eyes of the children of Israel were esteemed by God as almost to a point that they were not even allowed to enter the congregation of Israel under any conditions. It doesn't mean they couldn't be strangers in the land of Israel but it meant they could never be admitted into the congregation of Israel. That means the Moabites were actually banned from being allowed in ancient biblical times from even coming into the congregation of Israel. And here is Ruth the Moabitess. And guess what? God's going to step outside the system just for Ruth. Somebody ought to say, if I'm showing love, and I'm walking in the kind of love that the Bible teaches. God will break the system just for me. I hope somebody's hearing this today. God will allow you to step outside the system when you're walking in love. That's uncommon favor. Somebody ought to turn to their neighbor and say uncommon favor in 2024. Hallelujah. Somebody should shout the victory. Now I want you to know why were the Israel why were the Moabites banned from entering the congregation of Israel because of several things number 1 in the wilderness the king of Moab hired the false prophet Balaam to curse Israel and I want you to know that God revealed the whole thing to Moses and and the Bible tells us that every time Balaam went to curse Israel, God put a blessing in his mouth. There are other reasons why the congregation of the Moabites, they were not allowed to enter the congregation of, of Israel. They were banned from entering. They could come in the land, they could be strangers, they could be immigrants, but they could not be part. And that also is because when Israel was 
passing through on the way to the promised land. They made, they besought the king of Moab that they might be able to pass through the territory and they would pay for water and they would also pay for their bread. But the Moabites did not allow it. This means for no reason they denied entrance to the children of Israel to go. And so Israel had to turn another way. So we see Ruth the Moabitess, the antithesis of the Moabite people. She is going to be a person of great hesed and great love. And she said, let me to Naomi. Let me go into the field of him in whom I, whose eyes I will find Hain, whose eyes I will find favor. And she said, go, my daughter. And the Bible says in verse 3 of Ruth chapter 2, her hap was to light upon the part of the field belonging to Boaz. There is something about walking in love that always brings you into the path of promise. There is something about love that will cause you to automatically be in the land that God has ordained for you. She didn't know Boaz's land. She didn't know anything about the landscape of Bethlehem, but she ended up in the fields of Boaz because divine providence guided her and provided for her to be there. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in that love. You see where love is released, destiny is increased. And I want you to know why uh, Ruth is doing this. She's doing this for Naomi. I want you to understand Naomi was a woman who was not only a widow, but she was a very different type of widow. She was a widow because her husband made some deadly decisions. The Bible tells us in Ruth chapter one that there was a famine in the land in the time of the judges. And there was a certain man from Bethlehem, Judah, by the name of Elimelech, and his wife name, wife's name was Naomi, and his sons were Malon and Kilion. And the Bible tells us that they left Bethlehem, Judah, in the time of famine and went to Moab. Now, I want you to know they were very well-to-do. They were kin of Eli Elimelech, was kin of Boaz. This means they were of the same family with tremendous amount of wealth. But what they did in their time of famine was they wanted to hoard their wealth. They wanted to save their wealth. They left the land of Israel, and rather than sharing their wealth in a time of famine with those who had nothing to eat, they hightailed it to Moab. And they, when the moment that Boaz, uh, that, excuse me, Elimelech got to Moab, he died. And then after 10 years of, of his death, there were two girls that married the two sons. One's name was Ruth, the other was Orpah, and they both died. And now Naomi wants to go back to Israel. She wants to go back home. She doesn't have any reason to stay in Moab. And so uh, Ruth cleaves to her. The Bible tells us in Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, Orpah turned her back. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clave unto her. The reason Ruth clave unto her is Ruth wanted to take care of her. 
Ruth did not want her vulnerable. Ruth wasn't concerned with her own pain. Ruth was concerned more with Naomi's pain. Are you hearing this, saints? She was a giver. She was pouring herself out and made a covenant with Naomi. Where you go, I'm going to go. Where you die, there I'm going to be buried. Uh, she said, your people are going to be my people and your God is going to be my God. I hope somebody's hearing this. This was the proof of her real conversion as a Moabite who formerly worshiped idols. The proof was walking in love. Just like the Bible tells us, little children, by this we know we have passed from death unto life, that we love one another. And this is the sign that we're a believer. It's not signs and wonders. It's not raising the dead. It's not doing miracles. It's the love of God that's going to prove that we are his disciples. Are you with me, saints? And so she gave everything up to take care of Naomi, completely out of selflessness. And the Bible tells us when she got there. Now Naomi's lost everything. She's lost her sons, lost her, lost her place, lost her position, lost her name, the family name, lost their wealth, lost her husband. And the people of Bethlehem know why. It's because of her husband, who was a judge in Israel, who should have been showing hesed, should have been using the influence, should have been using the wealth God gave him to benefit others in the time of need. But his hoarding and his selfishness led him to a premature death. This is what happens. There can be a great destiny that God has for somebody, but selfishness will sabotage your destiny. I hope somebody's hearing this. Put your hands up and say, I don't want selfishness to sabotage my destiny. I want to walk in the way of truth. Somebody ought to praise God. And so what do we see that's so magnificent about the character traits of Ruth when she gets to the Holy Land? You see, they came at the time of the barley harvest. That's not an accident. That is something so supernatural. The harvest is going on, but guess what? Naomi is reduced now to a pauper. And the only way she can live is if she goes into the fields like a pauper and goes behind the gleaners and begins to pick up what is called paya from the ground. That means that pieces of, pieces of leket, in Hebrew it's called leket, uh, pieces of the harvest that are from the barley, the, glee, the reapers, or if they drop it to the ground, the Bible tells us that God commanded the land of Israel because it's the holy land. His eyes are on the land from the beginning of the year to the end of it. And I want you to understand that God commanded in the agricultural season, in the time of harvest, that Israel was not allowed to hoard their harvest. They had to share their harvest with the poor. So that meant anybody who was a stranger, an orphan, or the fatherless, who, who traveled behind or who uh, very gently went behind somebody who was harvesting, anything that fell to the ground would be theirs. It was called gleaning. And the reapers were the paid individuals who worked in the harvest. And so Ruth says, you're not going, Naomi, into that field. 
I'm not going to allow you, if you will, to be humiliated and to go and pick Paya. I'm going to go pick Paya for you. So the Bible tells us that Ruth, notice the scripture here, the Bible says she went and she came, verse three, and she went and she came. What does that mean? That means from early in the morning till late at night, she would be going and coming from the house of Naomi back to the field, from the house of Naomi back to the field, from the house of Naomi back to the field. And she didn't know the way. So what she would do is drop stones on the way so she could go and relieve and give to Naomi what she needed. And she didn't, she didn't even consider the fact that she's a Moabitess in the field and that she could be um, greatly discriminated against. She just did this out of pure love. You see, where love is increased, destiny is released. This is why she was led by the Spirit of God to the very place of Boaz. Are you hearing this, saints? Tonight, I'm giving you the ingredients of a Boaz 100-fold blessing, and I hope you're hearing this. Hallelujah. The second supernatural step to the 100%, 100-fold Boaz blessing that God wants to give to you in 2024, that door of opportunity, but there's many adversaries. Sometimes the adversaries are our own self. That's why we have to be so careful to cultivate our our conscience and to walk in purity before God in our thoughts and our minds. And if we're walking in love, the Bible says in first John chapter two, verse 10, there is no occasion of stumbling in us. So that means if I'm walking in love, I'm fulfilling everything God requires. If I'm walking in love, there's no occasion of stumbling. Can I get a witness somewhere? This second supernatural step to uncommon favor, the 100% blessing that God wants to give to you. Number one, where love is released, destiny is increased. Number two, God will give special recognition and upgrade your position if you're walking in love. Somebody ought to say, I really need special divine recognition. I need God to help me. I need God to open a door of destiny for me. Special recognition for an upgraded position that God wants to give you. And immediately, as soon as she was in that field going back and forth every day, God did something. Boaz recognized her. I don't know about you, but your Boaz is ready to recognize you if you're walking in love. God will send your Boaz your way. Hallelujah. In uh, Ruth chapter two, verse four, and behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and the reapers said, the Lord be with you. And he said, the Lord bless you. And Boaz said to his servant that was over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? Speaking of Ruth. Notice the Bible is not going to tell us one thing about Ruth's beauty. That's on purpose. So that you do not think that God is moving Boaz because she's a beautiful woman. Nope, that's not mentioned, though I'm sure she was. Sometimes the Bible teaches us by eliminating things rather than saying things. And in this case, in this case, the Bible doesn't tell us what Ruth looked like. 
All right, that is because we need to know it was pure favor. Do you understand? It was pure favor from heaven that's gonna come upon her. And for him to say, whose damsel is this? This means this man owns the field. It's extremely inappropriate in biblical times for a man who was an owner of a field to speak to a woman like that in public. And secondly, for a man of his position to speak to a pauper, that's unusual. But he said, whose damsel is this? And I want you to understand why he said that, why it was said, whose damsel is this? because he's about to promote her. Special recognition to upgrade your position. He went to her and he told her, look, I'm gonna make a way in this field. I've already ordered my men to give you drink when you need drink. And if you are weary, go and rest yourself. And she bowed herself to the ground and said, why have you shown me this favor seeing I am a stranger? You see, divine favor is gonna come your way when you walk in love. When you walk in love, God will open doors of destiny for you. Hallelujah. He upgraded her position by divine recognition. That means God put it in, in his heart to see her. And he said, it's fully been shown to me. Everything that you've been done, you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, verse 11 said how you left mother and father and came to a people that you did not know heretofore. The Lord God of Israel recompense you with a full reward. That is what Boaz told her, under whose wings you have come to trust. So divine recognition to upgrade your position if you're walking in love. You don't need to get in good with the boss. You don't need another, you know, amount of money to do what you're doing. All you need is God. Hello, somebody. I said, all you need is God. And the third and final supernatural secret is the places that you've been weeping are places that you're gonna be reaping. Say this with me, the places I've been weeping are places I'm gonna be reaping the harvest for God. The Bible tells us that immediately after Boaz in the field invited her into what we would call today a private green room. It was a place where all the reapers were. The reapers were the paid employees, but the gleaners were just the paupers. The Bible says he caused her to sit among the reapers. Did you know that your position is about to change? If you are walking in love, God is going to transition you and position you near the reapers. Somebody ought to say, I'm about to start reaping what I have sown. Somebody should praise the Lord. And the Bible tells us, hallelujah, she was able to refresh and to eat and to get so many blessings. And then Boaz commanded the reapers on her behalf. He said, let some handfuls of purpose drop before her. Those handfuls of purpose were, he's commanding the men who he's paying to reap his harvest to drop 
the harvest in front of the feet of Ruth so she can pick it up. I hope somebody understands your land is about to be invaded by divine droppings of God's favor. Somebody ought to praise the Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited about you coming into your destiny in 2024. I want to give you one more, one more surge of the supernatural about the supernatural strategies of opportunities that God is giving to us. Your land is a land that reads over it opportunity, divine opportunities, but there are obstacles that the enemy would try to bring to you, just like Paul. The Bible says a great and effectual door is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. So how do we handle the adversaries? If you were with us at the beginning of the program, you saw that Eliab, the elder brother of David, tried to stop him right before God placed him in his platform. Now, I want you to know, because the platform to all of Israel was the slaying of Goliath. I want you to know the second supernatural step or strategy to overcoming the obstacles in the land of opportunity is this. You have to pursue. You have to go forward with passion. You cannot allow any type of passivity to stop you because you've been made unstoppable in God. You are more than a conqueror. That's what the word of God says. He's made us. We've been made past tense. No, he will make us. We've been made more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, as soon as David was called before Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David said uh, to Saul concerning, concerning the bringing down of Goliath. And the moment that Saul saw him, he said, you are but a youth. And Goliath has been a man of war since his youth. But David did not allow discouragement to come in because he knew he was in the land of opportunity. Though adversaries were coming against him through his brother Eliab, through the mocking uh, of all the people that agreed with Eliab, and now even in front of Saul before he's platformed before all of Israel and he brings down Goliath. Hallelujah. Saul says, you're a youth. You're not able. He literally said the words in 1 Samuel, uh, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 17, verse 33, he literally said, you are not able, but you cannot receive that. You are able. You've been made more than a conqueror. The Bible says, hallelujah, that he has made us able to do all things. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I want you to see how David responded to Saul. David said, when I was a shepherd in the field, 
a lion came and took a lamb and I went after the lion and I grabbed the lion by the beard and something supernatural happened to David. He brought that lion down. Now, some of you right now are in the land of your opportunity, but I want you to know something. Lions are roaring against you, but you cannot pay attention to the lions that are roaring against you. Do what David did. Take that lion by the beard. The lion of Judah lives within you. You are bringing that lion down. And also a bear tried to attack him when he delivered the lamb out of the mouth of the bear. You know, a bear uses a strike with its claws, but I've got a word for you. Just as David took on the bear and took on the lion, you're taking on the roaring, the lion-like roaring that's coming against you or the strike of a serpent that's coming against you, you are going to travail. And notice David prevailed. Hallelujah. He prevailed with a sling and a stone. You are going to prevail in God. Nothing is going to stop you. Today, saints, I'm so glad that you joined us on this telecast. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is the moment. Start 2024 out as a new creature in Christ Jesus. Become born again. Become born of the Spirit. It's not some feeling you get. You don't earn salvation through works. You don't earn salvation or have to be good enough for God to accept you. We come just as we are. Our Heavenly Father loves us so dearly. And I believe, beloved saints, this is an hour of great restoration and reformation. God is looking for the voices like Martin Luther. God is looking for the voices like Martin Luther King. And God is also looking for the voices like Martin Luther, the reformer, those that will stand up for righteousness and be willing to take on a giant for God. This is the time, this is the hour. This is your moment of destiny. Now, beloved saints, it, we, as, if you have said this prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my savior. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my sins. I receive your righteousness right now as my righteousness. If you have said that prayer and you mean it, Jesus is come into your heart and you have become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank you for joining us today on Day of Destiny. We invite you to our website at mydayofdestiny.com where you can easily access other podcasts and obtain your copy of Dr. Corral's latest book, Secrets of the Anointing. Also, we want to take this moment to invite you to engage in extending your hand of kindness by planting your seed or offering for multitudes that include orphans, providing water wells, providing medical supplies, clinics, feeding programs, and many other services to the suffering church and through efforts of evangelism worldwide. Just go to our website and click the donate button or text to give. Text HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. That's HESED, C-H-E-S-E-D, to 7797. You are also invited to visit Dr. Michelle Corral Facebook or Instagram. We look forward to having you encounter the anointing with us on our next Day of Destiny podcast. 